Welcome back to the Piano Pod. I am Clara Zhang. I am Yukimi Song. For anyone listening or watching our show for the first time, welcome back. Yukimi and I are both classical pianists and piano teachers from New York City. This podcast is for anyone who plays the piano for fun, loves listening to piano music, or for someone who is currently pursuing a career in piano or works in the industry professionally. In each episode, we interview a guest speaker who has been breaking exciting new ground in the music industry. Before getting started, we want to thank our amazing fans and listeners for tuning in today. Please rate our show and review it on Apple. Podcast because every rating review will help people find our show. So Yukimi, this is going to be a very fun episode, huh? Mm-hmm. I'm very excited about the guest of episode three, yeah, of the <laughs> season. Jolene J. Chen, an award-winning crossover pianist who was also a participant in America's Got Talent <laughs> season sixteen. I know, I'm so excited too. So in the past, we interviewed pianists like like Jolene, like crossover neoclassical contemporary pianists like Black Bog, Claire Marie Lynn. AKA Dolchek, Jonathan Ong from Australia, and of course Ray Mack. That's right, Ray Mack. They were so if they were so cool and so fun to interview. I just remember, yeah, I was really inspired by their creativity, just how they go beyond what's、uh, considered normal and master their artistry. You know, while their audience and how they engage with their audience.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. And now with our new guest, Jolene. I saw a few music videos by her, and wow, the production quality of the video is just totally another level. I mean, have you checked out her latest release, Lost? Yeah, have you seen it? The video, yeah,、oh、right. God, I love it. Yeah, I just saw it. She's definitely a new breed.、Mm-hmm. I should say she represents the new generation of crossover pianists. You know, reaching、mm-hmm. out to the Gen Z audience by creating such high quality video content. Yeah, I know. And then when you visit her website, she also does film scoring and has some extensive teaching, coaching business. And I can't wait to meet her and talk to her. Well, she is here. Let's get the show started. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Jolene J. Chin. You're listening to the Piano Pod, where we talk to the brightest minds in the industry about how they are bringing the piano into the 21st century. Jolene J. Chen is an award-winning electronic dance music crossover pianist and participant of America's Got Talent Season 16, known for her virtuosic arrangements, amazing piano dexterity, and eclectic blends of modern classical crossover styles with pop elements. Her album Beyond Classical EP has been considered for the 62nd Grammy Awards in the category of Best Contemporary Instrumental Album. Jolene is also a multi-genre film composer and music producer. Her work was nominated for Best Original Music in the short thriller film Echoes of Mine at the National Youth Film Awards in 2016. Born in Malaysia, Jolene started her music education at the age of five. She has been classically trained under prominent pedagogues and concert pianists. Her classy style and aura of performance resonate with a style that touches on equal parts originality and familiarity, and giving her audience a taste of something fresh and innovative, yet still relatable to her fans. So, Jolyn, welcome to the piano pool. We're so happy to have you on the show. Yay! Thank you so much. Thank Such you. Such a pleasure and an honor to be on your show here today. Oh my goodness! So, I know you、um, messaged us like a few weeks ago. Tell us, how did did you discover us? So it was a pretty interesting way that I don't think anyone would have expected it to be. I was actually kind of. Scrolling the feed on Instagram. I mean, I've been always doing this from time to time. A community of instrumentalists, particularly pianists, and you know, groups and pages that support、um, crossover music and stuff like that. And、um, so, one of the reels that I was scrolling up past was the piano pods. I was like, "Hey, cool!" Because I saw this exact one interview 
I think it was with a pianist that was featured playing list etudes. It could be somebody else's etudes, but I know it was like a set of etudes. And then that was how I found out about the piano part. And yeah, hey, why not just try reaching out? <laughs> yeah, we're I'm, we're so glad. And when we saw your videos and how you were engaging with your audience and on social media, we we're like, we have to interview her. <laughs> we couldn't wait. And so recently, you released your first original song. So we're going to talk about that more. It's called Lost, and I saw the video of it. It was just、uh, whoa! The production level is another level, and we were like, whoa! We really need to get to her. So <laughs>、uh, yeah, we're so happy to have you. As soon as we saw your video. We realize, well, you're really a good pianist. As in, not only you're naturally talented, and as you said in the introduction, it's the natural dexterity, but also we can tell the training you had is very, very classical. Yeah, tradition, right? Can you tell us your childhood and where you grew up and how you discovered the love for music? Yeah, so you're definitely right. I am classically trained the whole way. I was, I kind of started. With group music classes, it's not directly piano classes, but these are like kids' classes where you kind of join and、um, form a circle and play percussion instruments and stuff like that. And then from then on, it's typically those graded piano examinations where you start off with grade one and then go all the way to grade eight and stuff. So that was basically part of my training when I was. About six, when I got thrown to start piano lessons, the most interesting thing for me was that my hatred that grew from those piano examinations and the whole idea of preparing for like these kinds of syllabus、um, and pieces got me super bored because of the pressure and that whole system of just learning three pieces, your scales and stuff, and those technical studies. So I hated piano when I became nine or ten, and then I went to my parents' obviously, and I was telling them like, "Hey,、um, I just want to quit piano," and that was not an option at that time. Also because they're kind of like you know like it's kind of a waste of probably four to five years of、um, music tuition fees. And so that was not an option. But what I did was I decided to find love and inspiration to just see what else I could do with this instrument besides preparing three pieces and whatever that was in the graded exam syllabus. And I found a lot of inspiration from instrumentalists and crossover artists like. Vanessa May, for example, such a、mm-hmm. great violinist at that time. I think she just released her classical gas album, which I love so much,、uh, right until this day. And、um, crossover pianists, especially like Maxim. This first track that I listened to was the Flight of the Bumblebee. Producers like David Foster, they really got me inspired so much that it was like a flick of a switch. I was just like, okay, I can do so much more of this instrument. And it doesn't even have to matter if I had to prepare for exam. It created this sort of burning passion and fuel to be this person at the end of the day when I grew up. Somebody who would eventually create crossover music between, you know, classical style playing. I didn't really care what it was at that time if it was going to be a classical piece because I was super young. But I knew I wanted to do、um, my own kind of virtuosic compositions. With modern beats, and at that time it was kind of like pop, electronic music. At that time, rock, I guess, that was pretty popular, and it was kind of like a the whole idea of creating something、um, out of what I can do and play on the piano,、right. plus all of these genres as something that brought it all together、um, mm-hmm. at the end. And you know, just imagine myself going to own and produce music like this. And perform in front of thousands、mm. of people、um, this sort of music. So、oh, it was pretty much how I started off.、Um, That's such、yeah. a success story, you know. I I just because you know I I mentioned that I'm also actually Chinese. So when I came to New York, you know, work. The U.S. and then as when I used to teach in college, but that when I start teaching children. You know,、mm-hmm. I did have a lot of students' parents who asked me, "Can my children, you know, take a, th- these exams?" Now, myself, when I was young, I only took one exam before I went to the conservatory. So, like,、oh, I、yeah. know of it, but I was never so. 
I am not huge on pushing the student, but now I、yeah. realize some of my students are having experience when they go to high school. Everybody have had the exam. They might play really、yeah. well, my students, but they didn't have an exam. So some of them are like one of my students just took grade eight just directly and then passed it. You know, like got a high score, and he was like, "Well, see, now I have it." So now your story is such an inspiration for all of them. You know, even if they get bored, and I have had students who take like grade two, grade five, grade eight. You know, like and yeah, it gets a little、uh, stuffy. You know, so yeah, look. So those students out there, listen to Jolene. You know, you can do something. <laughs> yeah, something exactly.、Else. Yeah, we'll stick、exactly. to the graded exam syllabus. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's great. So, but then your love for piano and music grew, and but you had and you had such amazing, you know, training from famous teachers and famous pianists, concert pianists, right? They how how was how was the experience with like I see one name was Doctor Ong.、Uh, he is a Juilliard graduate of pianist, and you had a training. How was it like? I see Doctor Nicholas Ong is like my you know my piano father because you know he was the one that picked me up when I was so young. I mean I was. I remember being about fourteen or fifteen years old. I actually never really understood、um, certain things, and that was how young I still was in, you know, piano studies. I just knew that I had to do things a certain way or like play a certain way. And、um, you know, he basically brought me to explore so much more possibilities,、um, technical wise. And I really, I mean, I'm just so thankful to him because it's actually because of his. His way of you know carrying out some techniques on the piano and stuff like that, and helping me understand it, especially when I was really young, is what brought me to be able to execute the most difficult passages or、um, compositions that I would want to write.、Mm-hmm. Um, some which some I mean sometimes you know those passages where I myself would think it would be impossible, but it just sounds great to me, and so I just you know write it down. But Um, yeah, it's it's been great with him.、Um, you know, there are times where he is really stern, especially when I don't, you know, memorize an etude that he asked me to memorize in a week or something. But、um, I mean, it's all good, you know. And he actually introduced me to many other amazing concert pianists out there, like for example, Andrew Brownell and、um, people like Li Mingxiang who. Actually, went to actual competitions, like, and I mean, like Chopin piano competitions and stuff like that, and that's really hardcore.、Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to think that studying with, you know, my piano father, Dr. Ong, was pretty tough and intense, but that was till I went to, you know, <laughs> those other master classes.、Um, that's like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was yeah. a great experience. It was a great time. As I am listening to you, I was admiring your studio, and I recognize your studio because some of the videos were sh- shot in、oh, yeah. your beautiful studio, right? So, where where are you right now? Are you in LA or? I'm currently in Malaysia. Oh. And I'm currently in my hometown,、um, visiting family and friends. I just flew back、uh, from New York about. Two months ago, almost close to two months ago,、uh-huh. and I'm going back on the road again in a couple weeks' time, middle of October or so, and just continue this whole performing touring thing, and my nomadic、um, performing life. This studio was actually made like I think eight or nine years ago,、um, and at that time, I knew I had to do something and on a more serious level. And you know, for my artistic career, but I was really young.、Um, you know, I was just like close to twenty years old, and I didn't really have a lot of money. Actually, to be frank, I had no money at all. I remember having like maybe just like one hundred bucks in my bank account. So,、mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, we gotta make a studio still because this is going to be my second home besides my bed. Like literally, my bed. And、uh, we gotta find some place to just create, you know, like just create and not care about anything else.、Mm-hmm. And that was how determined I was. And so I remember my friends and I just creating this whole DIY project with half of a mattress sheet, like a super cheap mattress sheet.、Mm-hmm. And we literally ordered like maybe ten or twenty of these.、Mm-hmm. We actually cut them ourselves. 
and we wrapped them with like super cheap thin cloth and fabric that we bought from the store mm. in a market and i remember sticking it with just like silicon gel and mm. um yeah that's the studio that's a diy so studio and many people think that wow yeah. this was like you know conditioned and stuff but it's a diy project wow great great work i oh know my god i love that so much <laughs> that's a yeah. shot you too oh yeah yeah we want to talk about Tokara. so that was like um sort of uh, your breaking point right the song came out yeah. and you became big so can you tell us uh, about Tokara? um well Tokara was definitely a break um mm -hmm. not only like music industry wise mm -hmm. um for me and my music career but um as well as like a whole mental you know break free kind of thing because it has been so long like we're talking about years since i wanted to always be an artist that you know like really just produced and came out with an album and your own music and stuff like that so Tokara was the first single that was ever produced and it was sent to uh, my music producer roger montahano was um the the member of the grammy recording academy and um that was my first session with a real music producer and um, recording it in a real music studio um so that was definitely a proof to my younger self you know um that you actually made it you actually made your own songs and stuff because i remember also you know just thinking about the whole thing when i was probably 10 years old and mm -hmm. creating a cutout cd out of paper and then, you know, pretending that that was my album and my songs wow. in it. So Takara was definitely a breakthrough for me, not only like, you know, in my music life wise, mm -hmm. but also that mental breakthrough. Yeah. Then I heard that song and then you were, of course, infusing, you know, famous box, uh, Tokara yeah. in D minor or the organ. But in the middle, you do a lot of cool arrangement like a variation but it's more like a jazz fusion do you, have you studied jazz so basically when i was 13 years old mm. i started listening to dave brubeck a lot and mm. i started listening to so many of his music um you know especially those uh, blue rondo a la turk um that has crazy time signatures Dance, dance, you know, unsquared dance and stuff like that. Da -da 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 -da. It's like if you were to look at the score, I think it was two plus two plus three mm. over eight kind of thing. Um, and so that inspired me to, you know, create those typical swing movements you have in the song break at that part of Takata, uh, but also playing around with time signatures. And that was how I came up with that kind of five four rhythm. Wow. I love it. You are so creative and also actually very brave, you know, very, you know, <laughs> a lot of uh, musicians really, you know, and then the, you were talking about with the vision board, right? Like, I mean, I had had yeah. certain of these, you know, I, I also, when I was little, I, there's no musicians in my family. So I just kept on saying, Hey, I'm going to New York, you know, like I was just yeah. like, and I remember exactly. uh, and the you know of uh, Horvitz, and then I was like, "All right, that's where I'm gonna have my studio, like on Upper East of New York." And then you know it, it happened. So it's kind of like a vision board. But when you were young, mm -hmm. you don't even think about it, right? You're just like, "Okay, I'm just gonna do that," you know. So I'm gonna do that. Right, that's so great. And then I move on to ask, when did you enter the American Got Talent? You were on right for when yeah in sixteen, I believe. Yes, it was season 16, which was last year, basically 2021. And that was the most, I think that was the most random thing I did or <laughs> random thing I would expect myself to do. Mm -hmm. And many people are just like, hey, how did you get to participate on the show? Like, how did you send your videos? What did you do? How did you get on the show? And I'm like, yo, I was just sitting down in my studio one day about to practice and stuff. And I got like emails. I got Instagram DMs. And I think it was, yeah, DMs on my Facebook from one of their casting producers saying like, hey, we watched your videos, blah, blah, blah. Um, would you like to be on America's Got Talent next year? And that was like, um, I think it was 2020. That was like a year before right. the, um, the year I was that. in. Got it. And, you know, they basically invited me to be on the show. Like, you know, like, we're going to fly you in. We're going to give you like five-star hotels and stuff. And I was just like, okay. 
because I always knew, um, you know, I always associated America's Got Talent to acts like crazy acts, you know, like right. the, you know, people who could literally turn your backs 360 or something. And I was just there like, okay, like what's a pianist going to do there? And then I realized they actually contacted me because one of my viral videos went to their feed. Um, and that was when I was mashing up um, Ariana Grande's Seven Rings with, I think it was Mozart's Turkish March. Some, no, it was Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata. That was what I did. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was playing them on two pianos at the same time. So that was what they literally wanted to to have on the show. Um, so it was kind of like a, a, a Mozart piece and then create something else on the side. So we kind of agreed on Dance Monkey and then that was that was how it happened. Oh my gosh. Wow. Oh my That's the gosh. most thing, seriously. <laughs> but <laughs> how I, I planned like a full strategy of how to get on AGT for some reason. I'm like, I was just sitting down and like, I just wow. got the email. <laughs> You know, good for you, good for yeah. you. But that's sort of the result of your work, right? Like you are posting a lot on social media and of course the um, YouTube and you are really put your effort and quality in quality, right? So that's why people see you. And then what was the experience like the whole? Um, It was pretty intense. I mean, being on set, you don't really get to have breaks at all. Uh, but I would remember it's just filming like just non-stop of filming the full day and one of the best parts was that um we shot my first round at the pasadena hall um i think it was the auditorium where michael jackson performed his first moonwalk it was pretty cool oh my um, god yeah, was <laughs> pasadena city hall or something or was it a city auditorium uh -huh. so it was pretty cool uh -huh. um and what's pretty cool is definitely getting to meet and work with Terry Crews in person. Mm, um, that's true. Wow. Oh my God. And seeing Simon Cowell in person too. What, what, what's, awesome. he, what's he, what's he, what's he mean? Was Simon Cowell. so nice. Oh, really? So that was all acting. Yeah. Oh my God. He was really different from, um, I mean, basically they're all different from what the camera portrays them mm -hmm. to be. And right. anyway, you know, I can't say much, but it is a reality show at the end of the yeah. day. And, reality shows is a TV show. So mm -hmm. um, it's pretty much, you know, expected, but they're all really nice and they're really professional to work with. I think everyone on set is really professional. Mm -hmm. And um, of course, as you know, if you, you know, um, get to audition on stage and, you know, get to be in that area on set, you're basically working with many acts that are invited to the show. So mm -hmm. you're basically working with professional people, making it fun and easy for crew sure. and filming okay. staff. So it's all good. Oh. Oh, that's amazing. Oh my God. I love that story so much. Yeah. You know, when we <laughs> moved to the US, I actually entered this thing called, it's kind of like American Idol, but the chi Chinese oh. version, you know, Twisted and Dasai. I don't know if you. And oh, then, I didn't know about that. Yeah, so at that time it was it was kind of like China Idol, you know, which I, I entered without even letting my parents know. But then <laughs> last day I went after audition everything. I was actually touring in the U.S. and then I my flight uh, was delayed, so they waited for like two days. <laughs> oh, wow! Was like my, you know, but it's uh, so I never got to really experience the final in studio, you know. <laughs> but you did it, so yeah. so exciting that you yeah. came away from that's cool yeah and are you based uh, in still in malaysia or after the show are you also based in the u.s sometimes now you know that's one of the hardest questions i always ask myself um basically you know because of performing schedule and stuff it's always depending on where my next performance is at if i'm going to be performing in this next country then yeah, I'll be staying here or be based in there for as long as I would be performing there for, you know, like could be like from a week or so to like maybe two months or, or three months and stuff. So yeah, it kind of depends. I'm kind of like a nomadic person. <laughs> Wow, that is a very exciting way of living. Of Every, yeah, I would, yeah. <laughs> ultimately, that's yeah. like the dream for dream, all, yeah, for, for all the artists. artists. Yes, of course. <laughs> now, so I want to 
also, as you mentioned about Michael Jackson, so I'm a huge MJ fan, and uh, oh, <laughs> and yeah. I saw your Human Nature arrangement, and it's really mm-hmm. beautiful. And that's a very hard song to play on the piano to begin with, and then you know, of course, you are mixing, and so. I want to know your covers, right? So you not only yep. the human nature, but also Blackpink, the South Korean, you know, female group, and yeah. then so you were using Ableton Launchpad thing, and I don't know how you use that, but also you were at the same time. What impressed me with the video was that you were using um, contemporary piano playing technique. So, like you know, plucking the strings and then the glissandos on the not on the keys but on the strings. That's a really contemporary way of doing this. So, where did you learn all these technique? And also, like, tell us about the arrangement. Um, I think it's just getting inspired a lot by you know pianists online like Peter Benz and a lot of. I feel like a lot of cover pianists has incorporated things like that, and so um, you know, me being someone who loves experimenting, I had to experiment with piano percussion a lot, um, and especially when producing stuff, I love to sample any parts of the piano that could create a different sound um, or add different textures and different timbers to the track. So. Um, that was what made me start, you know, experimenting with piano percussion. And um, basically, human nature was created out of a looping sequence with piano percussion, and that just makes the whole process um, easier. Because I always wanted to envision something that I could lay on top um, first with piano percussion, and to create this whole track out of just parts of the piano alone. And so that was my whole vision for human nature, just to have something that could loop on its own, but is made from a part of the piano, and then to just play on top of it, basically. So wow. that was basically what carried human nature. I mean, you just have all these ideas, and also you did mention when you were younger, you、uh, started with drum lessons as well, or drum playing. Did you say that in a group lesson there was a piano and drums? Oh yeah, that, that was like when we were five. Yeah. Oh, I see. But I wonder if those, you know, all had some sort of impact of like mixing things. You know, feeling okay. It's okay to not just doing one instrument. And I, I'm curious if、uh, I, I lately have this new obsession of I work out with BTS music. You know, <laughs> 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 late at night, like okay, I'm gonna do my some little dance. So I, I know we know you did a BTS up.、Uh, Butter, right? That was the one, and with two digital pianos, and、uh, uh, simultaneously, right? Is it more like just for entertainment purpose, or like did you <laughs> two keyboards, or how, how did you produce all different sound? There was basically a whole structure of, of course,、um, piano percussion and those EDM beats that I would usually lay、um, on top of tracks. So that was just that. And、uh, the melodies were mainly the piano parts, but I had the synth with me at the same time. So the other keyboard was actually producing that synth sound.、Um, so it was definitely a piano sort of synth partnership going on, where、uh, the piano would play melodies and the synth would be accompanying, and then they they do the switch. Of、um, synth playing the melody and then piano with the company, so that was what I had for BTS. I did that crossover cover because I got too many requests to do a BTS number at that time. Of course, yeah, I'm an okay person with BTS music.、Um, I think many people could tell as you know, just I just made one cover of BTS and that was it. But、uh, yeah. <laughs> but you know, if there's a request, you do it, right? right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they are they are popular. I remember last year in Milan, I, I I you know I arrived. I was like, are there concerts? And my friends were like, I don't know if there are any classical concerts, but the BTS is here. You know, they have a concert.、Yeah. So these are, and I really love the arrangement. It's like so jazzy and everything. You、mm-hmm. know? So, oh yeah, yeah. So using two keyboard. 
was not two keyboards was not the entertainment purpose, but for to have the different sound. So this keyboard has this certain setting, and this purely. this keyboard has the cert. Yeah, purely technical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, using two keyboards or like two pianos was never like entertainment purposes. Oh really? It's um, never. So yeah, it looks really it like. like <laughs> <laughs> no, that that would just be. Ah, I was. It would be too much work. Um, but. There, there are certain parts, of course, uh, because I mean, during my shows and stuff, um, there are certain songs when it just requires me to play on one piano alone. Um, and most of the videos that had one piano alone and I perform it in my shows, of course, it, it usually just takes one piano alone. But at that time, when you have like two pianos on stage and I would usually tend to find a way to sort of utilize the other piano, then I guess a certain fraction of these performances would be for entertainment purposes. But most of the time, if you see two pianos on the video part, it was definitely, um, you know, the other playing synth and bass, either a bass um, orchestral section and of an orchestral arrangement that I made with holding chords, um, long value note chords and stuff like that. Hey guys, we're now officially on Patreon. Yay, I'm so excited about our next step on this podcast journey. Same here. So dear TPP fans, we love what we do. And it's been an incredible journey for both of us for the last two years. And we are now in season three. And more than ever, we need your support to continue our work by bringing you highly valued content bi-weekly by interviewing a A-lister in the industry. So please go to patreon.com slash thatpianopod and become part of the TPP community by subscribing to us. With your subscription, you will receive monthly subscriber-only exclusive content from our show. That's right. And once again, it's patreon.com slash thepianopod. We can't wait to connect with you on Patreon very soon. As the, I am listening and then, you know, well, I still have this strong impression of you told me about the story of this examination, how you hate it. I, I'm not here to oppose anything, but I totally can relate to the way you felt because at one point I felt like I was stuck too, but you know, something happened, life happens and then you found your way. And one of the, your ways was this amazing ability to utilize music technology. I love technology. Although I don't know much about music technology wise, like music world, but I love using different softwares, even like doing this podcast, I have to use a lot of editing softwares. I oh, love yeah. it. I love it. But you are the way you're doing is like, while you're performing, you're pressing this key and then looping and two pianos. Wow. So I'm very curious to know what you because that takes a lot of not just your curiosity, but I think you have to have some sort of training, you know, because we, you know, Clara and I uh, interviewed, you know, Jonathan Ong from Australia. He's a stream streamer mm -hmm. and uh, Claire Lim, uh, she's her uh, stage name is Dole Trick. She's like you using Ableton and, and all those music. And she went to Berkeley College and she's now a, a professor. professor there. Right, right, right. Actually. Too. So and how did you start this journey? So, you know, my generation, I'm, I'm old, so I didn't grow up laptop with, you know, laptop right next to me. That came maybe much later in my life, but probably your generation, laptop, tablets, smartphones, those winning, you know, all those game stuff, they were probably accessible everywhere. So maybe that's mm -hmm. one of the reasons, but I want to know what sort of training you had or what was the introduction to the music technology? I have to say it was a pretty intense and um, it was a very, very huge gap when I first started because I was classically trained and um, anything of that devices, DAW systems and stuff like that, um, Ableton, Pro Tools, Anything that has to do with electronic music or modern music was kind of always shunned in the classical music industry. Right. Um, so it was pretty hard to expose myself to any of these electronic stuff, um, technology, um, audio technology, basically, until I started pushing myself 
um, in the direction of being a crossover artist. And that was when I, you know, I went to my music producers, um, got a music studio and stuff like that to work hand in hand to produce my first album, my first crossover music. That was when the whole branding shifted. I used to play a lot of classical shows and classical performances. I literally still have a lot of videos with me in a classical soloist gown. Um, Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I yeah, I could send it to you guys later too. You have to see it. Um, I want to see it. We're going to post yeah. it. You know, yeah. we're going to yeah. show our audience. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that was just a, a little shift. I mean, a couple of months ago, I was playing Yinastras, you know, dances Argentinas. And oh I, yeah, I, I love. Yeah, oh, yeah beautiful. Yeah, yeah and, and then you know when I got into this artist career more seriously, um, it was just a immediate shift you know i started changing the way i dress i will not basically me but my music producer um started rebranding um me as you know a real artist to where i wanted to be and um from there because i worked really closely with him producing my album that was when he taught me how to compose and produce my own demos um you know from the stuff that he does with my single on ableton you know i would start you know writing notes here and there and you know try to try to learn Ableton a little bit and he would also get me to help him and engineers in the studio hands-on so I would like learn how to roll cables you know get the correct microphones and he would talk about I remember he would talk about you know the different microphones that he was using to record Takata because you know, since Toccata was recorded on two different pianos and mm-hmm. one creating resonance, mm-hmm. and he would explain how each synth wave flow mm-hmm. um, and why he placed certain microphones there and what does it do, um, decibel counts, decibel measurements and stuff like that. So I think that was when I was really exposed, not only like physical wise with the whole way, you know, I, I was rebranded to look and also with that little bit of training I had here and there. That was how I shifted and transitioned into, you know, this whole new world of producing music instead of just that typical write and play and record kind of thing. Um, But it was definitely a really big gap, but I think it's because of this um, physical and mental change in here. Well, no, just physically. Um, Then that was how it sort of affected me mentally to adjust and adapt to this whole new modern world of producing music with technology instead so yeah it's them from there that's beautifully said i love the adapt and adjust because that's what's all about about our podcast show how we are going to adapt and adjust into this new generation and we're not totally mm-hmm. abandoning the tradition we we uh, we are classical yeah. musicians right but i really i love yeah. the way you described but you know you said it so easily but it looks so complicated because like <laughs> Yeah, it's, it just takes coordination. I mean, playing the piano itself is a coordination, you know, using pedal, even the pedal is, has to be subtle. And then while doing right hand, left hand, even like a parallel motion itself is takes coordination because we're not made parallel, right? Then mm-hmm. with that, and they're pressing this button and they, you know, made this short, I don't know how to call it, track or whatever, and then looping. And, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. in the middle of the piece, you switch, the mood of the piece with the press of it, it's, it just blows my mind. Did it take a long time for you to sort of learn how to coordinate? Because you're in the way you're orchestrating everything. When you, well, in the first couple um, tracks, when I just started experimenting with what else I could do with the launch pad, mm-hmm. I actually didn't know what I was doing at all. Um, it was a mess, but I remember my producer, you know, he was sort of like forcing me to get that, like, go get a launch pad. And then it comes with, you know, when you when you get a Novation launch pad, basically most of Novation's products come with a free version of Ableton. So that was his sort of oh, excuse for me to, you know, like, you don't have to, you know, spend money on anything, just get this launch pad and it comes with everything that you can do and start, you know, producing and producing. Because to him, that was the only way to get me to just start off, you know, and start producing my own music as soon as possible. 
um, and, you know, break into the music industry. So I just basically got that. I had no idea what I was doing. I was looking up tutorials, like, how do you loop on Ableton, you know, right. uh, stuff like that. And then how to actually connect the electronic piano as a MIDI controller to Ableton and trigger tracks, trigger loops just with buttons and stuff. And, you know, like just playing the piano while accompanying yourself with like these loops that you create. So that was basically how I started off with it was definitely a mess, but um, I can definitely tell you when it comes to when I'm trying to create something on the spot now with um, these launch pads and, and things like that. Basically, these are just triggers. You don't need to have a launch pad um, as long as you have like a button to trigger these loops. For example, I just bought a 49 key um, Novation key station that literally has like eight launch pad buttons on top of the keyboard as well. Um, so that, that's basically incorporating my piano and a launch pad already to take with me. Um, so that's basically a, a trigger button on that um, and then playing with it. And once you know how it works with Ableton, it's super easy. But I totally understand the part about multitasking. Um, and I definitely have to say that, you know, it's actually no difference to, you know, if someone were to say, oh, yeah, you know, the, the list, La Campanella is the most difficult etude and the pan mm -hmm. is the most challenging thing. Like if you, there's nothing compared to, to Morden. I don't like it when things like this are being compared because if you would understand how, how much it takes to produce something on the spot, like you're literally orchestrating, it doesn't have to be a real orchestra, but, you know, electronic instruments, electronic beats and stuff on the spot while creating and mastering technicalities on the piano. That's also something in itself, you know, it was tough to master definitely in the first place. And um, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Again, you know, I keep on coming back to this, that you have to be brave enough, you know, sometimes a lot of times, I mean, I remember when the first time I performed with my iPad, you know, to so so I don't have to, so I can turn the page with my pedal. But I remember it took me like my eight years or something because I <laughs> went to a concert and then this pianist, he's, uh, I think the pedal charger was off or something. And all of a sudden oh. I was like, oh, I don't want to do that, you know, so, but eventually <laughs> pandemic started and we started to do concerts at home. And I was like, you know what, maybe I'm going to try to explore finally. Yeah. You know? So it really takes a lot and now we want to talk a bit more of your touring uh career you know now i know since last year you've been going on tours or, or has it been uh, even before that before the american got talent and tell us more of your touring career also i'm actually quite curious how did you find your uh your you said your um, producer right in the very beginning this producer i assume is in malaysia with you Oh, right. Yeah. Um, well, basically, I toured before um, mm. the pandemic. That was basically my, um, I would say, the stuff that I would eventually want to do full time at that point. Uh, and at that point, I was still working at nine to five. Oh, wow. I just started this whole thing. Yeah. And um, I was a piano teacher. Like, I teach oh. piano to, to like classes, but that was like, like a bunch of classes, you know, like in music schools where, you know, they just give you a timetable and you got to, you know, go to work from this time to that time for like six days a week or something. That was so tiring. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got to find a way to make this music thing work and I needed the money. Mm. I mean, so I just try to make it work. And I remember like, um, you know, starting off, it was pretty easy. I just had to wake up super early in the morning to do my research and stuff. Um, how do I promote my own music? How do I become a successful artist? You know, stuff like that, tutorials on YouTube. Um, how do I grow my followers? How do I maintain fan base? How do I get shows? You know, all of that um, research done. And then I would go to work. And then after nine hours or so, I would come back, do that research again, all the way till the night, like late at night, and then repeat the same thing, rinse and repeat. And then basically it went really well. I mean, Things from there just started as like, you know, going up and like, we just kept going up. And there was a point where I started getting more shows right. and I was kind of like, oh, but I can't fly off to this place because I'm working a nine to five. You know, it, it eventually became to that point, um, but it was doing so well. I was ready to like, okay, we got to figure something out, you know? Yep. And then 
I started um, touring in Singapore at that time, and I was in Singapore. Um, and we started, that was where we first started getting these shows. I was booked for like night festivals and headlining festivals for like four nights in a row um, on, on that um, particular COVID year, 20, I think it was 2020. 2020? Wow. Yeah, 2020, basically. That was a, that was basically the start of where all of the lockdowns happened. So mm-hmm. I think it was in March or April, we got those confirmations, even jazz festivals and stuff. And I think about like four bookings in L.A., where I had to find an excuse, I remember at that time, to write um, a work leave for just to fly there. And then the pandemic hit. That was literally the start of where everything I saw would, you know, just take off. And that was that moment where I would leave my nine to five. Um, But the pandemic hit and we couldn't go to music schools. I couldn't teach in that music school, you know, physically. Um, So that was when I discovered Twitch. the streaming platform and I that was where I told people you know like uh you know I'm not performing in all of these things because of the lockdown but I'm still willing to do shows for free like virtually here because it's a you know it's a platform where anyone can can watch yeah. um and that really helped me Twitch really helped me because through Twitch people start subscribing um for a certain amount of money and they started tipping so I think those couple of months I was streaming on Twitch before we started opening up you know, was a was a great thing for me. And then I started getting a couple of shows here and there after the pandemic. And then also that was the time when I got invited to AGT. That's true. Also the same time when my nine to five contract was ending. Okay. And the school wanted to continue it and forced me to continue my contract. And I was like, uh-uh, man. <laughs> uh-uh, I'm done. I am not here. Right now. I made it. As a full-time artist, I'm not doing that anymore. So, But of course, I didn't tell them that. Um, But yeah, and um, I think it's all because, yeah, also my music producer, he literally, he is the one that made most of this possible today, seriously, um, and got me shifted like, hey, okay, you got to do this. We got to go this direction now, like, you know, away from the classical thing. And um, I met him in Singapore when I was actually looking for a, you know, a decent recording studio and a professional one to record at. And he's actually from Spain, um, Madrid. Oh, and wow. um, he'd recently moved to Singapore. And the timing is just so on point because he just moved to Singapore. And when I contacted that studio, they were just like, oh, hey, um, I think this girl really wants to, you know, do it professionally and stuff and go big. Um, let me ask this you know, producer of ours that just arrived in Singapore and wanted to work in that studio. So he went to him and then he saw my bio and stuff and he was like, oh yeah, okay, let's start working. And that was how we met, um, nearly. Wow. I mean, again, you yeah. took all the actions and yeah, so all the I know. just come in. You know? I, 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 have, I was I'm just impressed because I know the nine to five job at music school sort of lifestyle. Yeah. We oh, all yeah, had, to had to do it. And it's in a way, yes, gives us security. And but sometimes the security becomes like a comf- comfortable blanket. You know what I mean? So but you, on the other hand, you're very young, but you just you still keep punching and you still keep fo- going forward and rebranding yourself. That is admirable. And so then look where you are just produced lost. So <laughs> I, we want to talk about lost. And you know, honestly, when I first saw the uh, video, I quickly sent it to Clara. Oh my gosh. <laughs> The production level is the next level. Yeah, we've interviewed crossover <laughs> pianists quite a lot, and I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not comparing, but this is a new generation, right? Because the, there is this high quality video content, which is you are speaking to Gen Z. So mm-hmm. tell us about Lost. So where does this name Lost come from? And then I'm still hearing the melody over and over because I was listening to this song over and over this morning <laughs> while I was taking selfie and everything. <laughs> oh, so, I didn't know that was a cool selfie song. <laughs> yeah, but the, you know, in the middle of the desert, you're playing, you know, you're the keyboard. So tell us the story behind Lost. Um, you know, for many years, I've been known as the crossover pianist girl um, that 
basically does these mashups, they call it, of, you know, classical composers' pieces and famous pieces that many people listen to, but don't know the title of, you know, Mozart, Beethoven, Bach, and stuff like that. And then, oh, she has a trap beat. Um, and she does it with Ariana Grande stuff, you know. Those are pretty cool and stuff. Uh, but the ultimate goal at the end of the day has always been to, you know, create that dream of mine. I was nine years old at the piano and uh, how I wanted to actually have this crossover genre on top of my own um, original melodies, um, original compositions that are classically influenced, like classical virtuosic melodies and stuff. So um, Lost is basically um, the breakthrough of that and um, basically showcasing what I've always wanted years ago. Um, and so when I created this, I also had it with, I knew I wanted something from the EDM genre going into that because I connect with EDM so much. and. Um, one of my favorite EDM artists, Zed, who is, you know, classically trained on the piano himself, um, is my inspiration. And recently, I've always been in touch with the EDM genre of Deep House and Chill Step. So Lost is basically a combination of what I've always wanted, those original uh, virtuosic melodies, plus a deep step um, beat to it. Mm. So that was how it came about. And um, when I created that melody on the piano, I added a lot of texture behind it. So it's not just the piano sound itself, and it's definitely not just a one piano sound, but it's basically a combination of different piano layerings and textures all into you know one whole wow. track. It's basically my signature sound. Mm -hmm. And um, I also have my own presets of you know reverb and echo mixture to create this whole space. Um, you know, because like it's it's lost and I wanted to recreate this thing where it's like, you know, you're kind of in a path where you have tons of opportunities and you don't really have um, a certain place that you want to go or a certain thing that you want to do at a certain point in life. I say certain too many times, but yeah, it's okay. um, yeah. <laughs> you know, like recreating that whole um, vibe and you want, a, you know, my initial plan of it was to create this whole emptiness, um, which just has the melody so much space to breathe, you know, and then you don't have that whole idea of thinking and space to think and reflect. And then boom, the beat drops and stuff like that. So that was what I wanted to uh, create. And um, yeah, I mean, basically, if you have something like that, I mean, I, I'm really bad with title names. And to me, that's just what you get and what you kind of feel when someone's, you know, lost in a phase of life. So I'm just like, oh yeah, lost sounds cool. So lost. Yeah, but lost doesn't mean you're lost, but you're maybe lost in your thoughts, lost in your yeah. work, lost in your yeah. creativity. I felt that way. And it was shot in the in the middle of a desert. And where was it? Oh yeah. So um you're exactly right on that lost part. And that was the whole point of shooting in a desert. Mm. Like, I want to make it feel like like it's just so empty. Mm. Like, there's nobody around me. And um, I'm like, where else can we do that? Like, I I don't think, because, like, you know, when, when you, I literally imagine myself and placing myself in a field filled with, like, grass mm -hmm. and stuff. And I was speaking to my video director about this, and it's like, hey, like, you know, if we were to do it somewhere else, like a national park, <laughs> I don't really think it will work because... You know, it has a lot of elements in it, like nature elements such as grass, and it's that makes it not empty. Right. So when we were thinking about locations, you know, and when my director suggested that we take it to the El Mirage Desert, mm -hmm. that was like, it's just flat and it's a dry lake, right? So, you know, just placing the piano there against everything that's empty, that just fits the whole, you know, idea and representation of the track, so... So where is this desert? This is in Asia or? This is in um, El Mirage in California. In California, um, got it. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. And when you are composing all these uh, music, you know, you compose for movies as well, right? And the gaming music, and that's really cool. And commercials, like how, how do you just do it for your own enjoyment or do you get contract or people, you know, commission you to do these things? How does that work? Oh, definitely. Um, 
contracts and stuff and mm-hmm. um, by commission because creating these kinds of tracks especially like cinematic tracks takes a yep. lot of time mm-hmm. um but i remember there i mean there are times when inspiration just comes and um it's always good for me to keep a file or you know a list of cinematic music that i could use or sell off to clients and stuff like that um so that usually comes once in a while when i have inspiration to write thriller music you know horror music sci-fi music yeah and just produce it on the spot but other than that it's mainly when you know somebody asks for thriller a, a thriller package um a horror movie package and things like that and um my specialty is thriller and horror <laughs> So I I tend to do that a lot, and a lot of my samples are of that genre. I love uh, it. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Next time you watch a scary movie, I have to think about you know how yeah. to, to yeah. see you wrote those. You know that's amazing. <laughs> Eventually, I I can see you standing on the podium of Academy Award accepting the award of film scoring. So, and yeah, right? Yeah. Hopefully. (laughs) Wow. You are um, such a, such a, and have such an energy of, I don't know, just very inspiring. I, I really enjoyed this conversation and honestly, we, you know, we, we can go on and on and we had a lot more questions, but, it's we're kind of sort of close to the end of our uh, interview session so you have to come back and tell us more uh down the road yeah yeah Yeah. so (laughs) anyway so before we go we have like a few traditions so one is we would like for you to give younger you're because young young so younger piano students some advice Mm -hmm. what what would it be don't be afraid to break the rules <laughs> yes i love that okay yeah um basically yeah i mean don't don't be afraid to, to to break the rules and um you know whatever that you think would sound good may sound good in the end and um may just be what the world needs at the mm. end of the day at least to listen to so yeah mm-hmm. Now, before we go into the rapid fire segment, we want to promote your Lost. This, your first original solo piece, Lost, is now available on all music services such as Apple Music, iTunes, and then uh, Spotify, and Amazon Music, and all that uh, other stuff. Uh, services plus YouTube and all the links are in the description section. So um, dear audience, we would like for you to check them out. So Jolyn, before we go, we are going into the rapid fire questions and it will give you some fun questions and then would like for you to answer with the shortest answer as possible for each question. Okay. Oh, don't be scared. Are you ready? (laughs) Okay. All righty. Okay. Question number one. What is your comfort food? Ooh, um, that's hard. Chicken soup. Chicken soup. Good. Cats or dogs? Dogs. What is your word or words to live by? Fake it till you make it. I love that. Love it. <laughs> what is the most important quality you look for in other people? Um, genuine. Is there a word for it? Genuine. Genuine. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, what is the worst quality in people you want to stay away from? Fake people. No wait. Toxic. Toxic. Mm. Toxic. Mm. That's right. Name three people who inspire you, living or dead. Algero. Shade, David Foster. Name one piece in your current playlist. Lewis Cole, um, Thinking. Thinking? Yeah, Thinking. Okay, Thinking, okay. All right, I'll check that out. Um, Name one book title in your library. Rich That Poor That. Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What good book to Mm -hmm. read, yes. Mm -hmm. You get only one song or piece to listen to for the rest of your life. What is it? Um, it has to be Le Bestrom. The best song? Yeah, Le Bestrom. 
Oh, Liebestrom. Liebestrom. Oh, yay. Wow, that is good. That is good. I see you love list. So last question. Music is blank. Fill in the blank. Music is dope. Music is dope. <laughs> that is so cute. Is so Nobody cute. said that. One word. Music is dope. That's so cool. <laughs> We're talking to the new generation. I huh? know, right? Oh my gosh. Oh, that is so adorable. Okay, thank you. So that concludes this episode of the Piano Thought. Thank you, Jolyn, for joining us today and sharing your stories and insights and expertise. And you can find more information about her on her website at jolynjchen.com. And we want to encourage your audience to listen or watch uh, her latest song called Lost. All the links are listed in the description. Thank you to our wonderful audience and the fans for tuning in today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please read and review it on whatever podcasting platform you use. If you're watching us on YouTube, remember to hit the thumbs up button and be sure to subscribe to our channel thank you yes you can also find us on facebook twitter instagram and linkedin the links are in the description below if you are interested in being the guest or recommending someone to be on our show as a guest or you'd like to sponsor or collaborate with us shoot us an email at the pianopodnyc at gmail.com or send us a dm via social media We'll see you for the next episode of the Piano Pot. Bye, everyone. Thank, Thank you, you so Jolene. Thank you. Thank you guys so much.